Pittsburgh Penguins dropped a very tough one on Thursday night, a 3-2 shootout loss to the Washington Capitals. And yes, their shootout struggles continued in this one as they have been awful in shootouts for the last couple of years. I'm going to tell you why they lost this one in a shootout coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Hello Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook sponsor of Locked On. Make every moment more. You can visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Um, <coughs> this episode was supposed to be posted to you all on Thursday night. I had it all recorded. And once I was ready to download it, Restream just totally ate my episode. It has never done that before. I think it was site-wide. This just, this just goes to show that, you know, we're going to be moving to StreamYard very soon. Um, talk to my channel manager. Um, I think we're going to expedite that process and get me there You're a little quicker than some of the other hosts. That's just not acceptable. Um, I was supposed to have that episode for you all last night. It's going to be coming out um, Friday afternoon now, and I'm hoping to have another episode for you all either Friday evening or Saturday morning, where we'll preview the uh, game against the Sharks, the Penguins' last game before the All-Star break. So double trouble coming up for you all. Again, really apologize about that. It's just, that's not my fault. You know, I had the episode all ready to go, had my description typed out, and you know, be shame to try to cuck it. But anyways, I'm getting into this. So uh, Capitals 3, Penguins 2, they get the point, a much-deserved point, I think. Played fine in overtime, but the shootout – they struggled the last couple of seasons. They just were not able to do enough here. And they lost a shootout. I'll get to the Evgeny Kuznetsov thing in just a second because I have my thoughts on that. But they lost this as soon as they sent both Cindy Crosby and Evgeny Malkin over the boards after what Ricard Raquel just did. And you may seem it may seem like that's a bit harsh, but Crosby is two for his last nine in shootouts. Malkin is one for his last nine. I get it. Their overall percentages, I think, for their career – 30, 35%, something in something in that range, right? But lately, they look like they could not give less than two craps about the shootout. Honestly, I wish I hated something the way it looks like Crosby and Malkin hate participating in shootouts. I mean, and I get it. They've been doing this for the last 15 plus years. They've won a lot of games in it. They they probably don't like it. They would probably prefer three on three or more other over time. But Got you got to give a little bit of better effort with that. Ricard Raquel starts off the shootout after, after Dismith Stones TJ Oshie, which is stunning in itself because Oshie's arguably the greatest shootout player in the history. In the, um, he's arguably the greatest shootout player this sport has ever seen. Fifty percent um, um, shooting percentage in, in Dismith saved it. Ricard Raquel comes in, goes backhand forehand on Darcy Kemper, but after that, you know Kuznetsov scores. Again, I'll get to that in a second. But Crosby comes in does a little bit of stick handling, but then just tries to go five hole. And he's just coming down the middle of the seam, not really doing anything. It's like, buddy, make a deke there. Like I, we've seen him go backhand, forehand or forehand, backhand. But a lot of times now he's just coming down, not with a care in the world, basically. And he's just trying to rip it five hole. And it's like, 
it's the same move. It's like it's no wonder a goalie literally just has to stand there. And they don't, you don't even have to force the goalie to move when Sid comes down because Crosby's not doing anything, you know, to put the fear of God into a goalie. And then the same thing kind of happens with Malkin. He comes down the middle, doesn't do a lot of stick handling, you know, comes in 10, 15 feet out, fires the puck. Why? He doesn't even get a shot on net in that situation. And it's like, I'm sorry, that is unacceptable. You are two surefire Hall of Famers. One of you is a top five player um, in the history of the sport. The other one is probably a top 20 to top 30 player to ever play this sport. And the fact that, you know, that's the kind of effort that you're seeing in shootouts, it's just brutal. And, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, pissed off that they lost this game. I don't think any of you all should be pissed off either. You know, they got the point and they play well for the most part. But, you know, when that extra point is on the line, just show me a little bit more effort there. Um, you know, if, and if that's the way that's going to keep happening, I would just do something like, you know, Raquel and then Gensel or Latang or something. At least those three players are willing to make moves and not just do the same thing every single time. I mean, for God's sake, they did, the Capitals didn't even use Alex Ovechkin in the shootout last night. He was the top three just because, you know, Kuznetsov does his thing. Backstrom also had a really nice shot and they have Oshie. You know, they, they don't even need to use the greatest goal scorer this sport has ever seen. And, you know, I feel like the Penguins, it could be the same thing with Crosby where they don't need to use one of the top five greatest players this sport has ever seen. You have other players there who have been better in shootouts over the last couple of years. I mean, Raquel's been two for two um, this season. Um, I think Rust I, overall for his career is five for six. Gensel, uh, um, his percentage is decently high. Latang has his forehand, backhand, top cheese. Um, you know, use those players. You know, they, at this point, they give you a better shot at winning this game than Crosby and Malkin do, just because they're not doing anything when it comes to the shootout. And I understand shootouts stink. I'm, I'm tired of them. I would much rather have a longer three-on-three session, or maybe you could switch to four-on-four for five more minutes to see if you get a winner. But, you know, that's the way the league is now, where there, there are still shootouts. Um, that's how I see how the, the main reason why the Penguins lost that one in a shootout. I will now get to the elephant in the room to wrap up this thing. What Evgeny Kuznetsov does with his shootout move, it's garbage, it's trash, it literally is the biggest giant F you to a shootout. Uh, I, I think that move should be banned. And, you know, people are maybe some people are going to say to me after hearing this, oh, well, Hunter, you're just a hater, blah, 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 blah. No, if, um, if you think that, I don't think you truly know me because I get PTSD when I see that going back to my days of playing online versus shootouts in EA Sports NHL. It is a move that bad players use in that game to get cheap goals. That is what Evgeny Kuznetsov is doing. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I think he's one of the best players on their team. He's one of the best players in the league. But, you know, it's a move that should probably be banned. It's you're not, It's unfair to goalies. I'm sorry. It is. There is no way a goalie can save that shot. He's barely even gliding forward. I, I understand that, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of, I don't want to say it. You know, it's, it, you're kind of like walking a fine line with it. But, you know, it's just, it's not right. I just, I, I like no, I know Patrick Kane kind of does the same thing, but even Kane at least goes a little bit faster. But just with Kuznetsov, he's just coming in so slow and even slower and even slower. And it's like, like Gary Bettman, like that, that should not be allowed in shootouts. Again, you know, I just get PTSD when I see it. I think it's total crap. Um, you know, 
I'm probably going to sound again like the biggest old man yells at cloud here. I'd hardly ever have that kind of take, but man, is it awful. It, it just, you know, it's so bad. And I will say this, you know, if he keeps doing it and it keeps working, maybe that will get the league to either ban it or get rid of shootouts overall, because it's literally just a cheap gimmick. That is a sure goal. So those are my thoughts on that. Just not a fan of it. I've not, I have not been a fan of it going back the last six, seven years. Yeah, probably even longer than that. It's, you know, just because Kuznetsov started doing it um, doesn't mean I just randomly started hating it. You know, I, I hated that, you know, going back to my days playing EA Sports and NHL on my Xbox and stuff. Now I'm on PC, of course. But yeah, that wraps up uh, this first segment about shootouts. Now coming up in the second segment, um, Casey DeSmith had a great performance. Do, you, do I think this is going to be the norm for him going forward? Or are we going to see some more inconsistencies from him? That is coming up right after this break but before um we get to that if i can get my wonderful um FanDuel promo right here um the nfl playoffs are here with the conference championships this weekend we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for locked on because they're the number one sports book in america FanDuel. and if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy new customers join today to get started with 150 dollars in free bets guaranteed when you place your first five dollar bet just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Again, I'm not really that good with same game parlays. I have never won in my time, but I usually am not bad with, you know, the money lines and player props and all that stuff. And it's also on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans do not miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get one in $50 in free bets, win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and Locked On. Our episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So Casey DeSmith last night bounced back in a big way. For the Penguins, I not like that second goal that he gave up. I understand it was deflected a little bit by Brock again, but I still think he probably should have had that save from 30 to 35 feet out on Marcus Johansson. Otherwise, he was solid. I don't really like the people that were nitpicking him in the shootout on the Kuznetsov and the Backstrom ones. Again, the Kuznetsov one, he scores on that move every time. And then Backstrom, that was just a really nice shot. Maybe you can get on him for looking a little smaller in the net, not being as aggressive, but, you know, Nicholas Backstrom is one of the greatest players of this generation. Um, he's going to do that to a lot of goalies. So I'm not really super concerned about that. He made a nice stop on TJ Oshie. It's not his fault that Crosby and Malkin decided to have two of the worst shootout attempts I've ever seen them have. But uh, in the first period, especially for DeSmith, he was a rock. Penguins route shot 22 to 8 in that period. Very unacceptable. You cannot give up 22 shots. I don't care who it's against. That's the most shots they've given up to the Capitals. Um, in at least a decade, came out 21 saves for DeSmith in that period. He saved their butts and allowed the Penguins to have a much better second period where they tied the game and then a much better third period where they were able to get um, at least one point. But his movement looked to be a lot better. Um, he actually looked like he was fully trying in this one, unlike on Tuesday night where, again, I'm sure he was trying, but you know when you're watching it you know at the arena or on TV, um, it definitely didn't give off that vibe. But for this one, um, this was a much better performance. And again, 
you know, this is just who Casey DeSmith is, is. You know, he's a 904 goalie um, this season. League average is 905. It's Jekyll and Hyde. You're going to have games like he had against the Panthers where he was just absolutely awful. But then you're going to have games like this against the Capitals where, you know, he looks like, I don't know, at best, uh, you know, a 1B goalie, something like that. He was very good for the Penguins in this game. Even the first goal, that's Ovechkin. Brian Paling, I think, could have done a little bit better. I don't really think he should have gone over um, to try to guard Connor Sherry, one of the greatest goal scorer of all time is in his office. But that's a discussion for another day. But even when, especially when the Penguins were pushing in the second, third periods, he was still able to make a couple of very big saves for them. Um, he was a rock for them in this game. You know, if he can continue to have performances like these until Tristan Jari comes back, that is going to be a big deal for this team. You know, you get any points that you can while Jari is out. They have one more game before the All-Star break. We'll have to see if Tristan is back after that bye week and after the All-Star break. But, you know, I will gladly take that performance from DeSmith any day of the week, especially after the way he looked against Florida on Tuesday night. Again, I don't think that second goal was the best one. Even if it was deflect, even if it wasn't deflected, he should have had it. I know it was deflected a little bit. I think with McGinn, if you're not able to get your stick in the lane there, just don't even put it there. DeSmith probably would have had that, I think, if it wasn't deflected. But even with that many, many, many deflection, still think it's pretty far out where you should have it. But, you know, I thought he was excellent, especially in overtime when the Capitals also had that four on three, kind of a phantom penalty um, on Evgeny Malkin. It, it looked like in real time it was a dive by TJ Oshie, and he's no uh, stranger to diving, uh, by the way. Uh, he's he's dove a few times throughout his career, and, you know, that's that's a discussion for another, another day. But, um, you know, going back watching it, looks like there was a little bit of contact, but wasn't really enough to call a penalty there, especially after Lars Eller kind of mugged Sidney Crosby in overtime. Probably not, but on that four on three, the PKers were really good, but also DeSmith made some uh, dazzling saves. Um, so overall, great performance from him. And, you know, will he be able to carry that over to the game on Saturday against the Sharks? That's another big thing that I'm looking at in this one. And, you know, I don't know if this is going to be the norm for him, but if he can just play, you know, even close to this and the rest of his starts this season, Penguins should be fine, especially if Tristan Jari um, is able to come back um, after uh, the All-Star, well, after the bye week and the All-Star, All-Star break. You know, I, I listened to 32 Thoughts this morning um, with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Freeman, and um, they were talking about the Penguins goalie situation, and Freeman said he made a couple of calls and spoke to a manager and said, um, you know, this person told Freeman, like, I don't know how you can go into the playoffs with the same tandem again and, and have Ron Hextall be like, how do you sell this to everyone? And especially if it doesn't work out again, um, Freeman was basically saying, you know, everyone's going to be saying to you, why didn't you fix this problem? And, you know, that's a very valid point. You have another, you have your starter hurt again. This is basically his third injury in the last seven, eight months. You have Casey DeSmith, who is very inconsistent as an NHL goaltender. And, you know, could he get hurt before the playoffs again? Who knows? But they had an opportunity to, you know, change it over the offseason. Maybe go out and get a 1B backup to help Tristan, but they decided to roll back this tandem. And I don't think it's a criticism that gets talked about enough when it comes. I mean, this is, what, the third straight year that they've run back this tandem with no changes? It's risky. And if if this happens again where they don't get good goaltending in the playoffs, Pextol's going to... Get deserved to get chewed out for it. Definitely a little bit. But, you know, in terms of moving forward to Smith, 
I'm hoping that he can just be at least league average, play close to this level. If he can play at this level in all of his starts, obviously that would be huge. I don't expect it just because he's inconsistent, Jekyll and Hyde. But in this one, he was a major reason why the Penguins got this point. And you know, I would expect him to get the start on Saturday um, against the Sharks. Um, so that'll do it for this second segment. Coming up to end the show, fourth line is really cooking right now. I'm going to tell you why it's been really cooking over these last couple of games and why it could get um, even better once Josh Archibald comes back. That's all coming up right after this commercial break. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So the fourth line, oh, it's cooking and uh, we are we are eating um, with that. The fourth line last night was absolutely spectacular. Heinen with Paling and O'Connor. When they were on the ice, the Penguins had 60% of the shot attempts. One goal for, no goals against. Of course, that goes to Dan Heinen. He got... His second goal in as many games, the Penguins also had 72% of the expected goals. That line was on the ice, 60% of the scoring chances, and then one high danger chance for one high danger chance against. This is the second consecutive game that this line has been well above 60 70% of expected goals. Actually, on Tuesday, it was above 80, almost around 90% in terms of expected goals. Um, this line has been awesome, to say the least. You know, and I'm glad that the Penguins are figuring out that they have a decent fourth line. Ryan Kaling has been playing better hockey. Since coming back, didn't really like what he did on the PK. Just thought it was kind of weak um, with Sherry. Um, I just don't think there's any need to cheat over there when you have the greatest goal scorer of all time there. But, you know, he's forechecking aggressively at 5v5. Like that Heinen is finally going to the net more, cleaning up some garbage. You know, he wasn't doing that a lot um, prior to these last couple of games. It, you know, contributed to him not really scoring a goal um, since October when he had a few against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. But... Noticing that he's doing that more. Drew O'Connor has been a four-checking machine these last couple of games. I am really liking what I am seeing from Drew O'Connor right now. I think it's going to be really hard for the Penguins to take him out of the lineup, especially when Josh Archibald returns. You know, do you take out Heinen even though he's on a hot streak, paling? You know, it's a very intriguing question. I don't envy Mike Sullivan when it comes to that. But this is a line that, you know, he's deploying them out there offensively and defensively. He's also deploying them late in third periods, even when they're down one or even when the game is tied or something. You know, he's not just going to his top six in those situations. He's actually putting out the fourth line, and I love it. No, they definitely have that line figured out, and I think it's only going to get better if they decide, even if they just scratch scratch one of those dudes, and again, I don't envy Mike Sullivan, when Archibald comes back, Archibald is, um, you know, he is the scorer on that fourth line, had four goals prior to going down. He's missed the last 16, 17 games. Um, you know, he, he's played well this year and, you know, he's also a four checking menace for this team. He gets to a lot of loose pucks, throws his body around, um, really think that's going to help turn the fourth line, um, into, I think one of the better fourth lines in the league. So I'm glad that they have, they, they've had this figured out. It's great that they factored into three goals in the last two games. That is huge for me. Again, they're starting in the defensive zone at times, starting even in the offensive zone at times. I'm liking that Mike Sullivan is finally deciding to trust them more and getting them more minutes. You know, O'Connor, again, I think he's one of their 12 best forwards when this team is healthy. Don't know if Mike Sullivan's going to see it that way. They have some roster moves to make on that stuff. And Heinen, you know, he's, as always, a very streaky player. That's just how he is as a player. But, you know, if he can contribute, you know, every once in a while and not just go three months without scoring, that's going to be a big help as well. So 
Willie, you know, shout out to the fourth line yet again. You know, that, those are the reasons why I see them cooking right now. And you know, I'm really looking forward to them um, doing some more of that going forward. You know, the third line, we all know how bad it is. Um, that's the line they really got to get fixed here. You know, funny enough, uh, the third line last night when, the, when they were on the ice, they had 65% of the shot attempts, but only 49% of the expected goals. 57% of the scoring chances, 1-1 one, one in terms of high danger chances. But, you know, overall, these last, you know, this, these last handful of games, um, it has not been good enough. You know, if you look at McGinn and Carter together this season, they played 45 games together, 301 minutes of ice time. When they've been on the ice together, the Penguins only had 43% of the shot attempts, eight goals for, 14 goals against, 42% expected goals rate. That's garbage. Has to change. Um, doesn't help that Carter only has four goals this year. Brock McGinn has not scored a goal in, in his last 15 games now. Teddy Bluger only has one goal this season. And um, if it weren't for that game against Philadelphia where he had a multi-point game, um, he'd be on pace for only 10 points this season. It's not good enough. Sorry. And that's that's the player who's playing third-line center right now. They have to change that up going forward. That line is killing them on a nightly basis. There is just nothing working with that third line. Fourth line, it's cooking. They have the top six that's really good, but got to figure out that middle line. If you can't figure that out, um, this team is not going to go anywhere in terms of a deep playoff run um, this season. So wanted to really touch on that as well. Other um, news and notesy items from this game. Um, I thought the Penguins played a really crappy first 20 minutes. They outshot 22-8. The Smith had to bail you out. Um, they gave up, I think, 10 shots on the power pl- on power plays to the Capitals. It's not good enough, especially when they don't even have Tom Wilson or John Carlson out there. Sorry, it's unacceptable. The PK needs to be a lot better going forward. Um, second period, they, they pushed back. Capitals were on their heels. I think they held the Capitals to only five or six shots that period. Third period, the Capitals pushed a little bit harder, but I still thought the Penguins had the better of the play. Overtime, had a little bit of the phantom call. Um, the, I understand kind of why they called it, but I also didn't really see that much contact there. Kind of thought Oshie embellished a little bit. Um, but I thought the Penguins, for the most part, were five were fine. Excuse me, in overtime, they had the better of the chances outside of that four-on-three power play that the Capitals had. But you know they were able to get the point. They still have three games in hand despite being one point behind the Caps, and they have the better points percentage over the Caps. So all in all, things are okay in Penguin Land. Take that point. There's still a couple guys that are injured. You should be able to get two points on Saturday against a really bad Sharks team, despite Eric Carlson. I'm having one heck of a year. Going to try to have a preview with J.D. Young of Locked On Sharks on Friday evening for you all, or maybe a post on Saturday morning. Either way, I am going to have a preview for that game either later today or I'm going to post that Saturday morning for you all. But again, um, I think that does it for this episode. Um, Shout out to Brian Russ for his 300th career NHL point. Nice job to get that goal there. Definitely fooled Kemper, um, I think, a little bit. Just didn't look like he saw it coming. Um. Um, don't think I have anything else when it comes to um, this game. It's typical Pens Caps, a lot of fun to watch. And these teams will play one more time in uh, mid to late March in Pittsburgh. So again, thank you all so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. I'll be back with another episode later today for you all as we'll preview the game against the Sharks and how the Penguins can hopefully get to much needed points in that one heading into their bye week and then heading into also the All-Star break. So again, thank you all so much for listening. I will talk with you all very, very soon.